Welcome to Generational Wealth MD's podcast on financial freedom through investing in real estate. My name is Param Baladandapani. I'm a mom, radiologist, real estate investor, and mentor to others looking to start or scale their real estate portfolios. Thank you for being here today. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with inspiration, strategies, and insight so that you can stop trading your time for money and live life on your terms. If you love the episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Before we start, I'm hoping that many of you have already signed up for my upcoming event in September. It's just a three-day live coaching event. It's about 10xing your financial freedom through real estate. I'm very excited about these coaching events because usually have a lot of time for Q&A. It's a great networking opportunity for all of you. This is going to be September 8th through 15th. And um, this is for any of you who are thinking about just beginning to think about financial freedom, about generating passive income through real estate. If you're starting, if you've been trying to get your portfolio started, but you're struggling, or if you have a few rentals and you know, you're not really seeing it move the needle, you want to really 10x your portfolio, you want to get a financial freedom faster. For all of you, this event is going to be super helpful. At this stage, I still have performance coaches. I, I still have coaches. I go, I get coached on how to scale my real estate portfolio, on what's next, on goal setting. Um, so this is going to be super helpful for all of you. In addition to the proven framework that I use to invest in real estate, which I believe is the right way to invest in real estate, I'm also going to help you with goal setting. I'm going to help you create your personalized action plan that makes sense for you based on your goals, your resources, your risk appetite, going to help you implement and take it to the next, um, you know, take that next step if that's where you've been stuck. I'm going to help those of you who are looking to scale using tax strategies, uh, bar rehabs, whatever it is that you want to use. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to have loads of time for Q&A. So make sure you sign up um, for the event. Register it. Uh, the site is generationalwealthmd.com slash event. Okay. And I hope to see all of you there. Okay. Let's get started. Let's talk about today's topic, which is out-of-state investing, right, with real estate. Why would you do it and how do you do it? And whenever I talk about out-of-state investing, so I'll just give you a little bit of my backstory. I was living in California and practicing in um, Bakersfield, California. I did not know if we were going to settle down here. And therefore, I started my portfolio. My first few acquisitions were all out-of-state in Houston, Texas. I have, to date, not seen any of those properties uh, in person. Um, I visited Houston once prior to my first acquisition. That was it, and that was for a job interview. I have not in person met my property manager. I'm very connected with them. They are awesome, but I haven't seen them in person. So uh, for those of you who are thinking about out-of-state investing and it evokes anxiety, that could be for a long-term rental or a short-term rental that's maybe three, four hours away. I get you. I understand that feeling of overwhelm. But I want to show you what's possible and I want to um, show you what your options are. And we're going to talk about why this may make sense for you and how you should go about it. Right. Now, this is uh, applicable to those of you who, like me, aren't really sure you want to settle down where you are. And so you're thinking, I mean, do I really have to invest locally? What are the uh, reasons I would go out of state? And it's for those of you who've been struggling to get started, you've been in the community for a while and you're super pumped, but it's you just can't find deals that make sense locally. It's hard to break into your local market, be that for long-term rentals or short-term rentals. This session is for all of you, okay? So before we start out talking about out-of-state investing, I want to take some time to talk about 
what the advantages are of investing locally, right? So let's let's talk about that and get that out of the way first. So there are advantages to investing locally and to scaling your portfolio locally. Uh, within Creating Generational Freedom, which is my eight-week coaching program, we have a lot of members who scale their portfolios locally, and then there are those who do a combination of out-of-state and local, and some of them just stick to out-of-state investing. So if you are investing locally, then it's really easy for you to find your uh, to formulate a strategy, right? You know um, you're knowledgeable about the submarkets where you know the school districts are great. Uh, you know that the the good areas in that neighborhood, right? What are desirable locations? What's a good school district? Um, you know, uh, you can really even when you're narrowing things down, you can go to the property. It makes so many things simpler in terms of formulating your strategy. So that's something we cannot discount, right? As far as implementation, you know, after you acquire the asset and you're uh, you're managing it, again, you have a support system, right? You have uh, cleaners and vendors that you use for your personal property that you could also use for your investment properties. You have friends who live in the area who also have um, a network of vendors that they work with that you could tap into. So that's definitely an advantage. And then when you're trying to scale and Sometimes when I coach, uh, you know, within uh, creating generational freedom, I also recommend that some of our members scale locally, especially if they're trying to get to real estate professional status to really be able to shelter their clinical income from taxes uh, for long term rentals. Right now, not necessarily for short term rentals. And I'll tell you why in a second. But if they're acquiring long term rentals and they want to show material participation in those long term rentals, in addition to meeting criteria for real estate professional status, they also have to show that they are materially participating in their rental portfolio. So from an audit perspective, it may make sense for some of them to start scaling locally just from that perspective right so those are some of the advantages now with short-term rentals hitting material participation even with out-of-state properties just hitting that um, 100 hours and more than anybody else is so much easier that i don't necessarily say that for a short-term rental it needs to be local it may make sense if you're scaling your long-term rental portfolio though right so those are three important reasons why you may want to invest locally but that being said there are so many cases where investing out of state will actually make more sense for your strategy. Okay, so let's get into that. Now, this is true for long-term and short-term rentals. But when we think about why would I really go out of state, you know, um, uh, and invest uh, out of state, uh, one of the most important reasons is that it may just be more affordable than where you live. It may be possible, you know, if you're down, if you're limited in terms of what your down payment can be for that property, and if that's a limiting factor. It may just be that investing out of state may allow for you to actually enter, um, you know, that uh, and, and start investing in real estate. So affordability is a big reason. Then the next big reason is wanting to invest in landlord friendly states. Now, I talk about this a lot. Um, certain states like uh, California are not really landlord friendly, right? They're tenant friendly. So going through an eviction can be harder. There's more rent control, especially in L.A. Um, uh, in, in the cities. So uh, it's. Whenever you're investing in a landlord-friendly state, it's it's much easier. Uh, the law favors landlords, right? Be that for an eviction or for um, any other issues that you may have. Uh, it's just so much simpler when you are in a landlord-friendly state. That's another reason why you may want to invest out of state. Now, another big one is when you're thinking in terms of cash flow and market appreciation, right? So let's take some examples. If you live in a high cost of living area, like in Los Angeles or the Bay Area, and you're looking for, at properties over there, and your goal is to get cash flow, it may be really hard for you to find something like that in your local 
um, market, right? Um, so if you're looking for cash flow, I, and I usually recommend this for uh, for my, uh, my members who, who are in uh, those high cost of living areas, it may make sense to invest in in markets where uh, you know you're seeing more cash flow, and that could be a hybrid market like Atlanta, Georgia, or um, Nashville, Tennessee, or um, you know even um, some of the markets in Texas, Houston, and Dallas. Or you may want to even go to the Midwestern states where you're, you actually see more cash flow, less appreciation, because you are having the diversification in your portfolio. You have your primary residence in a high cost of living area with high market appreciation, so you can afford to do that. Um, and then the, likewise, uh, on the flip side, if you live in a low cost of living area, you live in the Midwest, and you, know, you may see high cash flow in those markets, but you're actually trying to also add some appreciation to your, you know, you, you're trying to focus on appreciation in your portfolio, you may want to consider investing in a hybrid market where you're going to see cash flow as well as appreciation, right? So those goals may, may be the reasons that you pivot and um, st- want to start investing out of state. And it's the same thing with short-term rentals, right? So when you're investing in short-term rentals and you're looking at your local market, A, you know, it may not be a typical vacation market. Uh, B, you may have more seasonality where you live and you may want more regular income. You want to, you may want to invest in a short-term rental where there's less seasonality, right? Where you get a little more consistent um, cash flow throughout the year. Regulations where you live locally may not be favorable to short-term rentals or they may be changing and you don't want to get caught up in a situation where you may not be able to use it as a short-term rental, right? This is typical for the California coast. uh, It's the same thing in um, uh, in the Lake Tahoe area. So uh, some areas you may just be cautious uh, because of those regulations. And you may want to invest out of state uh, just to invest in a, in a, in a vacation market that's more uh, short-term rental friendly, right? Um, and then it, it goes back to the numbers, even with short-term rentals. Sometimes the numbers just don't make sense in some markets. And with short-term rentals, we've always talked about this. You really want, for the time that you're putting in, um, your cash on cash return goals tend to be higher. You want to get you know, upwards of 15% for sure. Most of our members are trying to target 20 to 30% in cash on cash returns. You may not be able to see that locally or in the state that you're in. And that may be a reason for you to move out, right? And then Finally, geographic diversification. So um, that's what I did when when I started out. My portfolio was concentrated in Houston, Texas, right? And I was just scaling over there. And I got to a point where uh, I wanted to diversify my portfolio geographically. And I started I started scaling locally for two reasons: a, because um, I felt like I would be able to show material participation better um, from a tax perspective, um, but also because of geographic diversification, right? Um, and so that becomes an important important factor, probably not when you're starting out, but as you're beginning to scale. So multiple reasons why you may want to invest um, out of state. And I think if you wanted to take away two big points from this, the first one would be your goals and criteria, right? Your goals and criteria, if you're looking for cash flow or if you're looking for a market with more appreciation, that may dictate why you would want to go out of state. And the next big one is wanting to invest in a stronger market, right? That may be a more landlord-friendly market, which includes all those states along the Sun Belt, which are Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, um, Arizona, right? Um, is the Carolinas. All of them are definitely more landlord-friendly, so you may want to go there. may also be that uh, you want to invest in a stronger market with more industry diversification, uh, better uh, population growth, job growth, more migration uh, than what you're seeing in your local market. And whenever you invest in a strong market, you're getting higher rent growth, so you're having lower vacancy, and automatically your returns are higher, right? So those are the reasons why you would want to invest out of state, and I, I try to cover as much as I could. But I wanted to give you some examples also. And 
you know, a, a big barrier, a lot of times a big barrier is because of these fears that we have about what investing out of state would look like. And the easiest way to break down those barriers is to listen to success stories. So when I started out, my mentor, um, you, he went to Vanderbilt uh, for medical school and he started investing locally over there. And then he moved back to New Jersey and he kept that portfolio and he started growing it. And a lot of the properties that he acquired more recently, he had not set eyes on. He had not met his property manager in person, but every month he would go and collect his mailbox money and listening to his story and just getting mentored by him um, and being introduced to those teams that he worked with, all of that just gave me the confidence to go ahead and invest out of state. So when I invested out of state, it wasn't necessarily the same market as his. Um, that did not work out for me. But when I invested out of state, I had that success story to break down my barriers, right? So I knew I could do it successfully. And that's why I want to give you those examples. And uh, as far as short-term rentals are concerned, many of our members within Creating Generational Freedom, they are investing in short-term rentals that are halfway across the country, right? Uh, they often make one trip just to get it uh, set up and running, but that's about it. And they are successfully automating and managing these properties, um, living, you know, far away and, uh, and, they're, and, and they're successful. And I want you to hear those stories so you can see what's possible. So let's move on to the to the second half of this, right? So how do you manage your out-of-state properties? Right? How do you let go of that anxiety and that fear and that loss of control that comes with um, out-of-state properties where you may not be, every time there's an issue, you may not be able to get there um, and to, ma to make sure things are okay. Um, and then your concerns are probably also related to how can I ensure that somebody else is taking care of it? Uh, appropriately, right? So those are the big concerns. So again, um, two big takeaways for this point, right? So how, how do you do it? The first one is education, right? Um, I talked to you about how, for me, I piggybacked, I always, when I started out, I was piggybacking onto, um, you know, what my mentors had done, right? So having a mentor, someone guide you who has done this successfully is super important. Being surrounded by a community of people who maybe can share resources with you, who can help you through the hurdles that you face, that's again, really important. And then if you want to really educate yourself, so you know you're running numbers correctly, so you know you're doing things right, taking a program or a course is, is another way to really accelerate that journey, right? So the first one is education. And then the second big one is going to be your team. And I hear this all the time. I hear people talk about wanting to invest out of state. And, you know, naturally, your first instinct is to go ahead and do market research, right? Okay, so what markets do I look at? Um, you know, how do I find out which is the best market to invest in? And, and that makes absolute sense, except I'm going to give you one of my tricks. And, and this is what I sincerely believe in. When it comes to goals, and for those of you who've heard this before, I'm repeating myself, but, but this is really important. When it comes to goals and when it comes to teams, you need to start working backwards, right? So with goal setting, I always say, don't think about what you possibly could do and what you have and how, how you can do it and how much know-how you have and then set your goal. You set your big, hairy, audacious goal, and then you figure out how to get there. And it's the same thing with teams. When you're trying to invest out of state, I always believe that you start off with a team that comes with great references, right? So, um, you start off with a team that has a great track record, and then you look at the market, and then you see if that market makes sense. So how do you do that? Um, again, it goes back to piggybacking onto someone you know. This can be uh, a mentor, it could be a friend, a colleague, um, a family member, someone who's done this successfully. I highly recommend um, 
reaching out to people in your circle, um, finding out someone who's done this, and then piggybacking onto their team. If they've worked with them for, I would say, at least a couple of years and, they've, and, you know, and they can vouch for them, and they've had a good experience, that's super important. So um, I highly recommend that. Now, within creating generational freedom, that a big part of that community is also providing you with access to investor agents in multiple markets who come with great track records, right, that we worked with, who initially also came with great track records. And that's always a big part of finding the right market for you if you're an out-of-state investor, because I always think it starts off with finding the right team. I've seen people go and try to create their teams and, and you know, and, you know, who don't want to work backwards. And it's always a bit of a struggle and it can be a hit or a miss. So that, that's my recommendation for, for team building. Now, for short-term rentals, again, your boots on the ground, the important people who are going to take care of everything and make this easy for you are going to be your handyman. And you want to have at least one backup handyman and your cleaners. You know, when you're um, recruiting your cleaners, I would say at least hold on to the number of an additional cleaner just in case it doesn't work out with the first person that you're working with. And then a big part of your, uh, your team on the ground, I think for short-term rentals, is also knowing your options in terms of property managers locally or co-hosts, okay? We work with a lot of co-hosts who work nationally and they work uh, remotely, right? So they're able to provide you with those co-host services no matter where your property is. And I think that's important because even if you're considering self-managing initially, I think it's really important to also know what your options are and have access to those people just in case you need them, right? I think that that all, all of that de-risks your strategy quite a bit. So um, for long-term rentals and short-term rentals, your team is going to be super important. Two points I wanted to just talk about, uh, you know, the, there's always this feeling that if I have an out-of-state portfolio, I'm not going to be as hands-on. I'm not going to have as much control. It's just going to work out better if I have something locally. But the flip side to that, what I've noticed is that whenever, and I have a local and out-of-state portfolio, right? So I can speak from experience for both. Now, uh, when Ever I have that out-of-state portfolio, I'm forced to create systems. And this is not just for long-term rentals. Even our members who have short-term rentals that they manage remotely uh, versus those who have short-term rentals that are like within a two-hour drive, uh, the, the members who have short-term rentals that are remote are forced to create systems and delegate and make sure those systems are appropriate to handle any emergencies. You know, they create those those really strong systems, as opposed to people who live close by. I find that every time there's a small issue, they're running out of the property that's two hours away on the weekend, the entire weekend is gone, they're fixing things. That's not what you want to be doing. And I encourage everyone within our community, even those who have properties within two hours, that I, the first thing you need to do is to have the systems in place, right? Even if it's a local property, you need to have that system. And that system extends to your out-of-state properties. Um, and, um, you know, worst case scenario, I, I had like, and th this this is not to scare anyone, it doesn't not happen often at all. It's only one time where I had one of our one of my one-on-one -on -one clients. She purchased a long-term rental that was halfway across the country, and uh, her, one of her guests. Uh, she it was a short-term rental halfway across the country. One of her guests uh, overstayed and wasn't uh, leaving, wasn't um, responding, and wasn't paying. Overstayed by a day, and uh, obviously this was her first property. We I'd walked her through it, and she'd acquired it, and she was very excited. It caused her a lot of anxiety, and she called me, and right away we were like, okay, this is simple. Uh, we can do this. And uh, the, her first thought was, my God, if this were closer by, I could do something. And I was like, no, 
this is the whole point is to have systems in place and within a couple of hours uh you know with a short-term rental it's not an eviction they you just need to get the sheriff to get the person uh the to get the person to leave the property it was two hours the person was out and um and, you know she was on her way to turning it around and 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 relisting it so uh, this your systems need to be in place and and that's the important thing and you're forced to create those systems I tend to be more hands-off in my out-of-state portfolio because I'm forced to. With my local portfolio, you know, um, I just you just get involved more because you're there, right? So I, I see that as a, the way I look at it, it's even a little bit of a disadvantage. And then in terms of time, um, and I have a post about this, about how passive real estate investing can be. You guys can check it out uh, in the blog posts. Uh, in, in terms of time, when I acquire my properties uh, out of state, the long-term rentals, I outline in that post how it doesn't take me more than two hours from the point where that deal is brought to me and uh, to the point where I'm, I'm closing it and I'm, I'm you know, signing and with the notary and I'm, I'm getting all the paperwork done. That's about it. You know, it seems overwhelming when you think about it, but if you have systems in place and you have a great team, great investor agents who are able to work with you on this, um, it doesn't take that long. And like I mentioned, for people with short-term rentals, when I help them form these teams, oftentimes um, they're making one trip out just to get everything ready. And even before that, they have their boots on the ground, setting everything up. So when they go there, it's like quick checking, making sure everything's okay, um, you know, doing um, doing everything they need to and getting back, uh, getting back home. That's about it. Okay. Now, like for any other real estate deal, you always have to make sure the numbers make sense. You always have to stress test your deals um, and you have to be responsibly leveraged. That doesn't change. But I wanted to give you examples of what is possible. And if you're stuck in some of the situations that I talked about before and you feel like because you can't invest locally, real estate investing is not an option for you. I wanted to show you what was possible with out of state investing. Now, again, I want to remind you, if you haven't signed up for the three day event coming up in September, go ahead, hop on to Generational Wealth MD dot com slash event and make sure you register for this event it's very high yield um you know you're gonna love this and i would love to see you there. if you're interested in learning how to invest in long-term and short-term rentals the right way so you can accelerate to financial independence with the support of mentorship community and vetted investor agents and strong markets across the country, then get on the wait list for the next cohort of Creating Generational Freedom at www.generationalwealthmd.com. You don't have to learn from decades of costly mistakes by yourself. The program is only open for enrollment in the spring and fall each year. In the last six months alone, our members have acquired over $60 million of real estate, and more importantly, they're living life and practicing medicine on their terms. You don't have to do it alone. I hope you've been inspired by this episode and are ready to take action. Your feedback means the world to me. If you found value in what you heard, I would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate the podcast, leave a review, and follow the podcast. And if you really like the episode, share it with a friend. Your ratings, reviews, follows, and shares not only motivate me, but they also help others discover the show and join the community. So please share your thoughts. Let me know what you liked and even what you'd like to hear more of in the future. I can't wait to hear from you. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. And until next time, take care.